Stock have too high a price? Buy a slice. Trade fractional shares of your favorite U.S. stocks and ETFs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online. Get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice. Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. If your go-to card is a debit card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey guys, just a heads up about what's going on in today's episode. We're going to be getting into some post-paradise news and gossip, and we had to record this episode in two parts since Victoria Fuller and Greg Grippo's big Vile Files appearance came out after our originally scheduled taping. So first, you'll hear us discuss some Paradise Tea, including Johnny's podcast rounds, which we recorded before listening to the Vile Files episode. Then we'll get into our thoughts on Victoria and Greg's interview with Nick at the end of the episode. So we hope you all enjoy this news and gossip episode. And yeah, let's get to the show. Just watch me love myself. That's all I want. Got what I want. That's all I want. I'm not sorry. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about heartwarming and heartbreaking Thanksgiving relationship updates. We're closing out Bachelor in Paradise season on the pod today, but stay tuned. Next month, we will be recapping classic holiday rom-coms with some very special guests. I, I am very excited for this. Me too. Tis the season. But today, we're getting into some post-Paradise news and gossip. And here to break it all down with us is Kay Brown, co-host of The Bachelor podcast. Kay, thanks for joining us. Super happy to be here, bright and early. It's 8 a.m. <laughs> I know. Look. It's like the usual time we record the podcast um, on our end. So actually, it's, so it usually starts at 7.45. So I got to sleep in. Gossip doesn't sleep, okay? <laughs> it sure I doesn't. I will say on our podcast, we always promise an extra 15 minutes of sleep. And we're happy to give that to you. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like in bed at 8.15, so... I love being on East Coast time. Let's <laughs> I know. <laughs> let's dive in. We have a lot of Bachelor in Paradise fallout still kind of percolating since the finale. It, did you guys feel like it was kind of weird to have the finale fall on Thanksgiving week? Like it just kind of yeah. landed and then we all went off to have turkey. I did enjoy <laughs> though that we got people trying to do their like 
post paradise social engagement drops like mixed with holiday content. Yeah. Like the update was like oh, yeah. we're at Thanksgiving together. Yeah. Yeah. We're at Thanksgiving, but Greg Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, exactly. Right, like, smack dash, like right in between a, everything. A classic Thanksgiving. It did feel kind of weird though. <laughs> it did feel kind of weird having um it it felt like it just ended and there wasn't any I don't know. There's usually like a trail off and I guess this is kind of what it is now, but it still felt bizarre. Like I like last night I was bored. I'm like, well, what do we watch on Monday? I I know. Um I'm, I'm, I'm what do I do? I genuinely that's why we're like old movies, I guess. Like we're out of ideas. <laughs> um out of ideas. <laughs> I, we're getting so used to like the year-round bachelor grind that now whenever it's off, it's mm-hmm. confusing. It's a confusing hole in the schedule. Um, but a few things have trickled out since the since the reunion aired on Tuesday night. And one thing I wanted to bring up is regarding Aaron and Genevieve, because Aaron and Genevieve had this really like classy, sweet, cordial goodbye on the couch. They both apologized to each other. He finally owned up to his part and things. And they, like, hugged, and Genevieve was like, oh, thank you so much for saying that. And then she tweeted that she actually only didn't bring up the rumors that he was dating two other women back home while he was on the show because she didn't find out until after they filmed the reunion. And this is why everything must be live. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh, listen, I don't know why they record these. Well, I mean, I guess I know why they record them um, ahead of time because they're also... Like 12 hours long. Yes. They yeah. said they're there for like 12 hours. 13 hours, so. hours of taping, one of them said. And we got so little. It, it actually clarifies a lot because the reunion felt so disjointed. And I was confused by almost every segment. And it's like, oh, it's because it was 13 hours and you made it 20 seconds. I understand. Yeah. And then you see, you know, like the alums like Becca or Caitlin Bristow or Michelle, whoever is showing up. But they're only there for like an hour. They get there a bunch of reactions and they're like, you guys can go. <laughs> We're going to use that for a part of the do. show that you weren't even there for. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, exactly. it's like watching there are these weird off brand like YouTube video summaries of kids movies. I know these things now. <laughs> and you'll be watching it and you'll be like, this feels really disjointed. And it's just because they like algorithmically cut out random parts of it to make it into a 12 minute video instead of a full-length movie that's what it feels like watching (laughs) the reunion you're just like oh we were just in the middle of a song and now we're in a different scene like what's happening i know i know i do kind of prefer the taped ones in a certain sense because i think that it's hard to cram that much into a live show like because you can't zero in on the juicy stuff but then we end up with these situations where I'm like, I really want to see Genevieve just like laying into Aaron about these girls. Oh my God, I would have, I would have, that was the one I was waiting for. Right. Like, I didn't really care about the, like the Greg and Victoria. So like, I, I don't, in my head, I'm like, I have no, like, no stakes in that. But the Aaron and Genevieve stuff, like that had me all season being like, what? You're like, we were all traumatized by this relationship. So we need the catharsis of Genevieve laying into Aaron. Especially because, you know, all over the internet, they're like talking about Aaron and Genevieve and they're like, Genevieve's crazy, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, listen, we would all be Genevieve if we were dating Aaron. Yes, 100% agree. acting like Genevieve, if we were dating Aaron and being like legitimately 
like gaslit by a narcissist. Yeah, like an actual example <laughs> of gaslighting, not just like I vaguely felt manipulated. Like I was literally yeah. being gaslit. Yeah, I actually felt kind of annoyed that he got to wrap up with this moment where he looked like the bigger person or he something. He got lucky. He got really lucky <sighs> because he should have. I mean, imagine being Aaron and watching that back. I legitimately need to know what was going on in his head watching that back because online he's still making the jokes and this and that and tweeting and acting like it doesn't bother him. But I bet this is really shaking him a bit. Watching the whole Seeing show all back. of this like... Re- yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching the show back like in real time with everyone because it's different when you're taping. But seeing it happen in real time and seeing everybody's reactions and um, that you don't usually get to see. I want to know what he's thinking about how he acted. He's probably humiliated. Yeah, I wonder. I It's hard for me to tell whether it is on some level calculated or whether he b- believes very deeply in this image of himself as like the perfect boyfriend and it's getting it's getting tarnished in his own mind by watching this. I wonder cuz yeah, he doesn't seem very shaken by it. No, Aaron just wanted to be on the beach with his guy friends for as long as possible. And he didn't want to look the way that he looked last season. And so I think he was like, this is a relationship that I can sort of stick to and I'm the good guy because... I don't know. I well, do think he has a conception like, of himself. In there that, is in this that idea that he keeps being like, I don't want it to be like last season. And I'm like, but you actually got out of last season looking really good. Like, I think a lot of people yeah. were more sympathetic to Aaron, not me. I was not super <laughs> sympathetic to Aaron, but I think that overall <laughs> the fan base loves him and felt really sympathetic toward him last season. So in a way, this was like a much worse outing. I feel like this outing was was the season where everyone started to be like, wait, Aaron is like the common factor in a lot of these really toxic situations and it just keeps happening and it's starting to seem like maybe he's not the innocent party. No, and I also think that, unfortunately, I don't think he actually liked Genevieve and I, at all. I just think Genevieve was the only one who was willing to date him. And I think that was the only it one. was telling to me that they had met before yeah. And that she mm. was like, I'm really surprised that he's into me. And it's like, well, now that we're on TV, I'm into you. <laughs> now that I know of this course. will be a good storyline that you're a person. I think he saw her as like a person he could be kind of stable with. And then, of course, their dynamic became completely unstable. But it did extend the whole season. Like, yeah, it did true. allow him to stay mm-hmm. the whole season, which is, I think, what which he is, wanted. Which is exactly, I mean, to literally to the point of, giving her the rose the night before (laughs) and then breaking up with her at the actual last minute. Yeah. Like Jesse essentially was like, you guys are sleeping together. You're getting off the beach. And he was like, well, I guess this is my cue. (laughs) Yes, this is my cue. It's time now. (gasps) Yeah. And that's what he did. And it was so infuriating to watch that because we all knew it was coming. Like there's no, I know there was no way Aaron was leaving with anyone or in a relationship. He just wanted to be on the beach with his bros for as long as possible. And he did it. Mission fucking accomplished. But I really wish that we had gotten to really dig in to these rumors about all the women he's was dating and is still dating. I know. Um, I I feel like the happy couples and, you know, Victoria, Greg, and Johnny are making the the official podcast rounds. I want to know when they're going to give Genevieve and Aaron dueling time (laughs) slots so that we can really sort all this out. (laughs) 
I know there are like we can't get interviews nation. anymore because we're not an official Bachelor Nation podcast, so they have to do their du- their duty here. Yeah, that's that mm-hmm. is the only thing they're good for. So if they could really step up, we would appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we talk about some of the Kate Gallivan Logan fallout? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, Kate publicly apologized finally on Twitter. <laughs> For her classist comments towards Logan, she tweeted, In light of the reunion tonight, I want to speak directly to you all. I deeply apologize for the classist things I said on BIP this season. I was shocked when I saw the show myself, and I cringed just as much as you guys did watching it. If I could take it back, I would. I've apologized to Logan, but want to extend that apology to anyone who may have been offended by those comments. I have nothing but respect for Logan and the rest of the cast, and I'm still so grateful to have gone on this adventure with them. What do you guys think about this statement? (laughs) So the gag of this is that she's apologizing to us. (laughs) As (laughs) As if we have taken any sort of like true... I mean... Sure, like the stuff she was saying was like, okay, what? <laughs> but like, I don't think we were at, like, us personally were offended. I'm like, sorry. this is very much about as Logan. someone who doesn't work out at Equinox, I was <laughs> feeling pretty shaken up and stigmatized. <laughs> You're like, when <laughs> will there be visibility for us, the people who don't go to Equinox? Non Equinox Americans. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's true. I guess that she's like, well, I apologize to Logan directly and now I must apologize. I do feel like it's a little bit, I don't know, the the juxtaposition between how like gleefully she was being like, I need a man with a big dick and a big bank account. And then being like, classism is so wrong, you guys. (laughs) It's like big gulf between these two points. I I appreciated that she spoke to that, but it I I was just like, what's going on here? Like, if you genuinely believe that classism is bad or that, like, denigrating people for not being rich is bad, then, like, where did all that come from? I I right. mean, I think this is a response to the fact that she was just getting absolutely yeah. hammered and harassed, which, of <laughs> course, Bachelor Nation, like, always takes it too far and, like, mass harasses mm-hmm. anyone that does something they don't like. And so I-, I thought it was telling that this came, like, after that versus... Like, on the reunion, she could have said this. Yeah. And I also think, in slightly in her defense, not in, in a certain way, <laughs> like, I totally... Like, if you want a guy who has a big dick and is rich and... Like, if you have those qualifications that you want, that is great. Good. I'm glad you know what you're looking for. Like, that's fine. It's the way... She went about it. Yeah. How she yeah. said it, how it was presented. That was kind of fucked because it's like, okay, yeah, you shouldn't be punished for wanting the things that you want, but also, but then don't maybe date when someone. you're on national TV. Like, well, like yeah. don't date someone don't who doesn't have the things you, know you want. And then, yeah, when you're on and national TV, him. don't go. And also, like, I think clearly what bothered him, which was understandable, was feeling like all of this stuff was just being said behind his back and like he wasn't he wasn't aware until it aired how much this was being kind of hammered to the audience I feel like Kate I I have some sympathy for Kate even though I had more sympathy for Logan because I think that what was kind of going on here is that she was doing a comedy routine she was like I'm on a tv show I'm gonna be funny this is my bit this is my bit and 
that's entertaining. And it's not like I'm like being a, like super offensive. Like we get to make fun of like deadbeat white guys, right? Like that's okay. Like, yeah. And it did not come off the way that she was anticipating at all. No. Um, for reasons that have been <laughs> discussed at length and that she is now speaking to in her apology. But like, I can see how she just thought like, oh, if I just like, really like lean into this it's going to come off maybe sort of villainous but like in a charming funny way and that's just not where the bachelor nation fan base is at right now no it didn't go no and that's and that's not what makes good tv period yeah like that's not good like charming villains like that's not really what we're wanting to watch we either want (laughs) you need to be like a (laughs) full-blown asshole or like an angel and that's there's no in between (laughs) otherwise we're bored and confused. We're like, how do we feel about you? It's not making sense. Yeah. We got to pick a side. And I I think she was very much um, probably making sure that she had airtime. Because if you remember, when she was on Clayton season, we almost didn't see her. And then she made like a ruckus at after the final row. So we were, we were like, wait, who is that? <laughs> and so we finally got to see her a little bit there. So she was probably like this time, she's like, it, I have to make a mark. I'm not going to go on mm-hmm. another show where people don't remember who I was. Like, imagine walking onto that beach and people being like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Which happens all that the time. That would be horrifying. And it's always mortifying all the time, to people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Lace walking on the beach and everybody's like, who is that? Okay, well, that was that was rude and slander because Lace is an icon. <laughs> people icon. people just don't know their history. And that's, yeah, that's a like, whole other problem. But I I think that <laughs> also like Kate has been defended by a lot of the cast. And she that's seems been interesting very, to me. Yeah. Very well liked. Yeah. Sierra yeah. was tweeting Jill, like a bunch of people. Danielle. It, it seems yeah. like a in lot general, of people were she, just like, guys, do you think we'd be friends with someone who's, who's so mean? We wouldn't. Kate clearly is not that mean. I hang out with Kate here in LA often. So I know Kate very well, like before the show aired, all of that. And she is so fun. So cool. Me, her and Rodney would go out and like, she really is a nice, like, (laughs) so everything that we're seeing is very much her, but not like this. Not the defining quality of her. Dramatized, like it's a character. Which is so often kind of what we see on reality TV, right? Like we see the TV show in a combination of maybe the choices that the people are making and the way that it's being produced, sort of drawing out a particular side of someone. And like, obviously mm-hmm. it's not the totality of their person. I I do think that it says something that Kate is well-liked. It means she is, ha- is able to maintain close friendships. And like, that always speaks well for someone, you know, people can, people can say something that's shitty and also not be like horrific people. And I think it is also the dynamic of sometimes your friend who is super fun and like talks shit in a fun way in your group of friends. Like if all that were broadcast to everyone they were talking shit about, it would not look so cute. Right. I think about that all the time. I'm like, man, if I went on this show, that'd be tough. Oh my God. Like, that would be a really like, cause I could only imagine. Cause in my head, I'd be like, oh, I'd be the like, quirky you're like i got a good line this is gonna land awesome yeah like (laughs) and then it's me like saying it about like the nicest part like i'm making a joke about like a guy and they're saying it as if i made a joke about like the sweetest girl in the house or something you know what i mean (laughs) like it's not it would not land and it would not play right so it's 
definitely something that I have like thought about a billion times. And I try to think about that. Um, In real life, you get to kind uh, of know like, your audience. But if you go yeah. on The Bachelor, mm-hmm. you just don't know who the audience is going to be. You can't be like, oh, I thought it was going to be only no. the girls in, in the women's room who are going to hear this because you're mic'd and everyone could that hear it. That was my thing. Yeah. That was the one thing that I was like, huh. <laughs> That doesn't really doesn't make sense because Logan was like, well, if you didn't mean for me to hear it, then you shouldn't have said it because you're literally mic'd and there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. Right. How do you how do people forget that? Like Hayden forgot. Hayden was like uh, when he was on the date with Kate and she said, well, I heard you said X, Y and Z. And he goes, yeah, like maybe like th- that's what they said. Huh? Yeah, we saw it. Yeah, we <laughs> you saw it. You we all know. Also saw it. Like. We all know, like, why are we still pretending that this isn't like you knew that you said that you were on camera, like we have the receipts. So that's that's where I don't don't understand. But I guess I've heard from people who've been on the show before that um, the cameras are in such a way like not always hidden, but... Um, yeah, there are like static, away, there are static cameras that are sort of just tucked away yeah. in a corner of a room that you, you to know. make you feel like you are in like privacy. privacy. Yeah. So it's not like you're in the fantasy suite and there's like a camera guy like <laughs> on the bed with you. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Otherwise, I feel like they'd be acting completely different. Yeah. No, they got to they got to make people forget the cameras are there. But like, I mean, they're adults. All of this just drives home again, why I would never go on a show like this. And I prefer to just judge from afar because it's so much easier. Adjacent. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I will stay adjacent scum (laughs) till the day I die. (laughs) I like that. I like that. I'm going to take that on. Um, Let's also talk about Avon, who was also tweeting up a storm about the VIP finale and reunion, because apparently he was invited to the taping of the reunion and then uninvited. I'm sorry, disinvited. Disinvited. He he had a he had a grammatical conversation about this in his replies. He tweeted a screenshot of the definition of disinvited. I loved it. <laughs> I I replied to that tweet. I like quote tweeted it and I said, "Well, maybe because you showed up uninvited to the last one." <laughs> He's like, why was that? Why did they say I couldn't come? Yeah, because you just showed up out of nowhere. And then everybody's like, why are they bringing him on stage at the same time as Tino? Like, why is why is he invited by Tino? But I'm going to say definitely invited. Definitely invited. 100 percent invited by production. For sure. But it's like but from our perspective, you know, (laughs) Jesse, I love Jesse Palmer. (laughs) I think he's a great host for this. Like he is fully like taken on. He's committed. She's role committed. But thank God he's never like actually acting in anything <laughs> because when he, when Aaron, when, um, sorry, Avon showed up, I had tears on my face laughing because he was like, what's happening? Oh my God. I love this when is Jesse crazy. is so surprised. She's I know. Like, who could have ever guessed this yeah. absolutely wild thing that I could have never done? Like or known a person me who's the employed by this show twist that just oh, keeps no. coming. I mean, right, guys? <laughs> what? It was the funniest thing. I mean, he leaned into that so hard, and he was like, "National TV, <laughs> what are you, live TV, crazy times." Like, Jesse Palmer, you are a national. TV. <sighs> <sighs> well, so Avon was apparently initially invited to support 
his boys, uh, Johnny and Tyler, but then was, I guess, disinvited after they were both going to be heartbroken. Like, I don't... I mean, I just don't see the point in having Avon there. Like, <laughs> what do you mean support his voice? He was literally not involved in this season of Paradise at all. Having him there would be strange. Like, having, you know, Caitlin Bristow or Michelle or Becca there, that makes sense. They are literal, like, alumni who have been Bachelor, Bachelorettes in these high positions. Avon was on the show once. Yeah. And... That I mean, that was it. Like, if you want to keep getting invited, what? you have to. He should be like dating Rachel. Like, I'm sorry, that's your yeah, way exactly. to relevance. You be in a couple in the work. with a former lead, or you have to launch a major podcast empire <laughs> based on the show that you appeared on. And those are, those your, are options. your options. <laughs> so pick a lane and, and get I to work. I don't think he has that. I don't think he has. I mean, listen, I would date Aaron and, or Avon and like. Um, <laughs> Avon and like without even having to think, they'd be like, "You and Avon should go on a date." I'd be like, "On my way." Like, period. <laughs> Just tell He's me so where. gorgeous, but yeah, but I don't see him as doing this kind of personality type thing. Like, he's not a podcast host. He's, he's, he's not, not like a, a talking pers- head guy. Okay, yeah. like no. he's a sweet, sweet man who came off real great on the show one time. But here's a here's a thought. What if they did another gimmick where they brought him to the finale reunion and then after they talked to Johnny and Tyler about how heartbroken they were, they were like, we have someone here <laughs> who really wants to be there for you in this moment. And Avon comes out and it's like, just I'm here like again. Rachel. I'm, I'm just an emotional support animal. And Brittany and Victoria are like, walking sadly off stage alone. <laughs> they could make it a running thing. David's bang. like, I didn't watch any of Paradise, <laughs> but I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm relevant. I love you. I mean, I don't really understand what this was supposed to convey, except maybe that he's mad he was disinvited. That's, I think Yeah, that's I was like, thing. is he implying that they were, like, protecting Victoria and Brittany? I don't know what he would have, like, done. Done. What are you going to say? Right, he wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know. It was very... <laughs> It was a little confusing. We're always getting these little bits. It of, made no sense. Yeah. We're always getting these little hints now from cast members that are just like drama, but then we never actually. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. Maybe there's no there there. Yeah. I don't know. That's my problem with a lot of these with like the past two reunions. I think it was um, Tino and Rachel's uh, like hot seat and then Johnny and Victoria's hot seat where they're both alluding like you don't want me to say this on camera. Yes. Well, like, well, yes. not everybody knows this. Well, tell us. Right. Yeah. Don't bring, don't bring up it up at all say or anything. say it because this is just deeply yeah. confusing. I mean, we spent half of our last podcast just being like, I don't even know how to litigate this because yeah, like, I, I don't, don't understand what, what happened. happened. Still, we're going to have to relitigate it now because more, pe- more statements have come out about the timeline. <sighs> I think mean, that's yeah. what we're actually going to do right now. So. And yet I still don't understand. <laughs> I still don't understand. And yet I'm still confused. So yeah. let's, let's get into the Victoria, Greg, Johnny situation. Victoria and Greg hard launched their relationship on social. They spent Thanksgiving together They've been posting lots of photos of them, like with their heads nuzzled (laughs) together as couples do. Or like heads back, like a lot of neck action. But like close together, Mm -hmm. heads close together, lots of neck. Yeah, very sultry. Uh, And we've had a little bit more 
I guess, information or claims about the timeline of the relationship come out. And I'm still very confused. So let's get into it. Um, on the vile files, Nick and his girlfriend Natalie read some texts from Victoria to Natalie on their finale recap episode. Natalie is very close with Victoria. And Nick was like, I don't really know the timeline myself. Maybe Natalie knows something. <laughs> she talks to Victoria more. Mm-hmm. And so on the recap, Natalie actually read a text from Victoria, which was sent September 5th, in which she said that she and Johnny were on a break. So this is like seven weeks before Victoria was in Italy with Greg. Victoria claims that was the first like date with Greg, the first time they were romantic. So in this conception of the timeline, I guess they were dating until or together until early September. Yeah. And then another month or so passed before things got romantic with Greg. I still feel like it's very unlikely to get matching tattoos together in Italy as a first date. Like that just strikes me as implausible i don't know i feel like i i don't i i disagree because i think if you are gonna go to italy with like at this point they're full sending it like they know this is gonna come out they're like well we can't go to a bar in um you know anywhere in america lol because we'll be seen so we go to we go to rome we're seen everybody sees it so it's like now we're leaning in we're leaning in like this is a full send moment. If you're going to another country to like hide out, you're doing something that that's already like kind of you're crazy. In it. Yeah, you're, so you're getting really a tattoo. In it. I just seem so your love drive. I, I actually believe Rome. that this could have been like the first date. I what don't I think it. I do too. I do. I, I do. Don't. But what I think is funnier is this like claim that there was this like very clean delineation and that no like that it was just friendship talk and then it be like then all of a sudden it became romantic i'm like that's just not how like people work well, and that's, that's fine that's but it's like shit that's get, the thing. Shit is if messy. this really is your first date because you couldn't see each other in person then you must have been getting really intense over facetime for oh you to yeah have there were definitely there were probably texts there were facetimes but I mean, I totally think they would at this point, like if they're doing that, like they're leaning into this whole um, we're together now. People are going to find out. That's yeah. why at the end of the episode, they were like, you guys can like us if you want, but yeah. or don't like us if you want. But like, we don't care. Like they clearly don't care at this point because they're like, we're together. And then I know a lot of people are upset about, um, you know, they're like, well, poor Johnny, the poor this, whatever, like. She's posting all these pictures with Greg. It's like, well, I bet she would have posted all these pictures with Johnny and done the same type of stuff with Johnny, but they were in like seclusion. So they didn't give away spoilers. So it's all very jarring to see all this Greg stuff and nothing with Johnny. But people are forgetting that they weren't able to. when they were together. Yeah, yeah. They weren't able. It, to. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that what's what's getting me about the whole situation is like, I don't necessarily think they owe us that much. You know, they... No. no, they owe us 
in proportion to like how much they kind of want to make a living by like selling themselves to us, which goes along with being like an influencer and being on the show. But like they don't have to date people they don't want to date. They don't have to not date people that they do want to date. Yeah. But the way that they keep like shifting the timeline and and like not wanting to say like, oh, yeah, maybe we hurt Johnny by, you know, getting involved emotionally before things end it, you know, taking like a little sort of ownership of how this happened. Mm-hmm. It, right. And I like, feel like that's... that would come off better to me. Like, I, I agree just because it's like, that's how relationships tend to work. Like people do get hurt. Things do get messy. Like that happens. I don't think you have to like fall on the sword if that happens. But mm-hmm. if you are in a public relationship, just like kind of own it. And that slipperiness yeah. is also what's the only thing I'm confused by. Whereas like, I, I think a hundred percent if Victoria was no longer into Johnny, they shouldn't be together. It doesn't matter if that relationship, and it doesn't have to be a justification. Like, doesn't matter if that relationship was even a super healthy relationship. If one party isn't into it, you don't have to be Mm -hmm. with that person. Yeah. Right. But then we get into this, like, the the, the confusing narratives. And so Victoria gave an interview to us shortly after the finale. Not us. (laughs) Not us. Us Weekly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to really hit that capital U in us. Yeah. Uh, she gave an interview to Us Weekly shortly after the finale, offering a timeline that to me sounds different, like completely different. She said, there was a possibility for us to potentially work towards something. Breakups are confusing. We all know that. I'd be crazy to say that I cut off communication completely. We ended our engagement three weeks after filming wrapped. And then shortly after that, we were completely done. So filming wrapped like end of June. End of June. Three weeks after that, we're into late July. Shortly after late July, they're completely done. And yet somehow she is just telling her bestie that she's going on a break in early September. Like it doesn't add up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. see, that is what's confusing to me. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Like clearly, maybe you said we're no longer engaged, but we're still talking. But you were still talking. Like, and and again, yeah. like, that's okay. But it's weird to deny that. Yeah, to say we were completely yes. done shortly after. Like, how is, like, two months later shortly after in the context of a relationship that only lasted, or even a month, like, a Or even a weeks. month later. Yeah, right. that's not shortly after. I know. It's just, again, it, it seems like I understand being, like, all of these people being defensive. They are, like, con- you know, contending with a lot of very intense public reaction but I just I always think it's better to own it she also told Bachelor Nation Greg and I were really great friends leading up to where we are now we were both interested in one another but we never really knew that nothing had ever happened between us before we started dating we had never kissed we hadn't been on a date until we went to Italy after I had completely broken up with Johnny Greg called me and he said he wanted to see where it could go he asked if I would be willing to go on a date with him in Italy and then she says they became like boyfriend, girlfriend official on Halloween. I think um, that is fully true that they had been friends because I was at uh, a music festival um, in September 2021. And they were both there. With with Victoria and Natasha and Greg was there and Victoria was there and um, a bunch of like uh, people from... It was like Abigail and Chelsea Vaughn. A lot of people were there. Nick Vial, Natalie was there. Oh, yeah, so they definitely this. like 
knew each other. Totally. They knew each other from... And that, and so that isn't weird. It's like, like, it's not even... It's not no. weird to me that they would have been friends, maybe had some romantic tension, right. not pursued it, and then had it come back up. It's like... Sure. Again, these things happen. Yeah. Which makes which makes the the whole like first date in Italy thing. It's like they've known each other. It's not like he was some stranger, random stranger that is like, you want to go to Italy? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they definitely knew each other. So it could have been like, yeah, we're pretty good friends. Like, fuck it. Let's go. And and then it's romantic. Maybe this is controversial, but. I cannot believe they thought they could just go out and about in Italy and there would be like no Americans who watch The Bachelor there. Like it's a popular tourist destination and like we live in a global society. What do couples do on their happy couple weekends on the show to stand wraps? Do they just go to foreign countries and walk around the streets? No, they get an Airbnb. They watch movies. They have sex. They hang out in their sweats. They could have done that. So, like, why did they not just get an Airbnb, like, outside Nashville? Like, it doesn't really know. make sense to me. I guess they were just, like, in the, the madness I of think infatuation were, or something. They, yeah, they were in fuck it mode. Yeah, I've listened. Which, and, like, look, that sucks for Johnny. That's It sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Like, well... <sighs> we should talk about about yeah. Johnny. Johnny went on the Almost Famous podcast and gave mm. his side of things. He, the whole time, he's like, yeah, I'm in a good place. But he, like, sounded really terrible. He did which, not sound like he was in a good place. Okay. Well, the thing is, is that Johnny never sound Like, Johnny has... Uh, sorry, everyone. Johnny has no personality. Like, there's no... <laughs> The oh entire no, but we were watching the show and he'd be like, I just love you and have a dead yeah. pan. Nothing was happening on he's his sort face. of he's very, he's very laconic. He he is very yeah. yeah, he's he's monotone. I don't I think you can still have a personality, but it definitely yeah, that wasn't it definitely doesn't I, come I mean. through like not, in, in in your voice or your face. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like hearing hearing him talk like talk about things like him, him telling Victoria, I love you sounded the same as like him being like, <laughs> this is the worst day of my yeah. life. Like, okay. So when you you're saying you're right, always sounds it like is he's like, doing terrible and that's, yeah. you're, you know what? That's it is fair. like how that's I was fair. like, it seems like Justin doesn't like Genevieve even a little bit. And then the season progresses and you're like, Oh, he just looks like that all the time. Like he just has resting <laughs> yeah. annoyed face. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It happens as, it, as someone with like severe resting, sad slash resting bitch face. I do. I understand. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think it, what was interesting about the podcast is that he did go a little bit. He tried to be very delicate and respectful, which I appreciated. Um, but he did yeah. go a little bit more into kind of where some of the conflict came up in their relationship. And he said that it put strain on the relationship because when they were kind of in the thick of their engagement and were coming off of this high, but had to be completely private, the public was getting to know Johnny as like a big contender for Gabby. And he was having to kind of do press rounds where he was talking about that relationship and 
Yeah, and you're you're posting on social. You're you know at that point you're posting pictures of you on your like romantic date with the person that everyone's seeing you with on air, like pretending like maybe we're together, and you can't post anything with your actual fiance. Mm. Yeah, and so he said, you know, it was hard to be happy as a couple and blossom when I had to promote the Bachelorette. Like it just it it sucked, and he and Victoria started getting into fights over some of the Gabby stuff. She he said that she felt like he wasn't as upfront during filming about how serious things were with Gabby or what had happened between them. And that she felt like she was seeing things that he said on TV that like he had also said to her. And yeah. that put strain on their relationship. That's I mean, that's, it sounds hard. I mean, it sounds really hard. And so they need to think about it's like, well, what did Greg think? Seeing all this stuff, you yeah. know, Johnny's going to be the father of my children. Yeah. No, it's huh? true. Yeah. If I were Greg, I'd be like, hey, uh, quick question. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so it's like you think about all that kind of stuff, but I'm I'm struggling for to think that Victoria actually thought that Johnny and Gabby had right. were gonna be a yeah. like it didn't even I knew from the jump. I'm like, oh, why we, is Johnny still we like, all were like, like Johnny? this guy seems they here. have a good time, but like it seems like not getting engaged. That he could have said, no. and I would have believed this, but maybe it felt feels different if you're his fiance. Like I was never really a contender. Like, even though he made it to top three, I don't think that Johnny ever believed it was gonna be him. No. And neither did no. I. <laughs> neither did anyone. No, I don't think anyone. No. Yeah. So I don't think that's necessarily untrue, but she might have felt like he downplayed it because of how far he got. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, and I think also like <sighs> that the thing that, you know, you said the same stuff to both of us. I think that must come up all the time because people in these shows are always saying like, oh I never God. really felt comfortable being myself with a woman they before. The and then they go on another show things. and they say the same thing. <laughs> There's like, there's they like a, exactly, there's a list of 15 like bachelor <laughs> phrases to indicate depth of feeling and they're just like recycled over and over again. So yeah, that must happen a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But- I, I am curious to hear what Victoria's like read on where things went wrong in their relationship is. Yeah. Johnny said basically they started getting into these fights. It sounds like the fights, they both agree, like they were getting in some bad fights. And he says at some point, which I'm unclear when, they did end their engagement. But from his perspective, they were still together. Like they were talking every day. They were making plans. They were like... He was going to come visit her. He bought a ticket. He made it sound like they were sort of like almost in a gray area with the engagement where he was like, he never was like, and then we decided not to get engaged. He was like, we were talking about whether we would come out on stage as an engaged couple or not, which again, it's like exactly the same thing that happened with Tino and Rachel, where it's like, did we break up? Did we not get unengaged? Are we just like putting the engagement on ice for a little bit? This weird gray area. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he says that even after things started to be, sort of in that murky space with the engagement, he thought things would work out. They were talking every day. They were going to therapy together. He thought they were really committed. And then the rumors started, as he put it. <laughs> she... I have a question. Oh, keep going. Yes. Um, What's your question? I want to know what you guys think. Do you think you can go backwards from an engagement? That's an interesting question question i feel like 
Like, can you go from being engaged back to boyfriend? I think that that my thing is that like every couple gets to define their own relationship, right? So like, I think typically when you end an engagement, you're ending the relationship. (laughs) Yes. Right. If you're like taking the ring off, throwing it at his face, it's over. That means the relationship. But I do think that if you get engaged super fast, like you do on these shows and you get off the show and you're like, oh, wow, like. We jumped we in into this space. We really like, just need to date and not have this constant pressure of like the giant ring on my finger. We're planning a wedding. Maybe we should take a step back. I think you can talk about that and decide on that as a couple. And then you can't go back later and be like, well, obviously we broke up because we weren't engaged anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just wonder, it makes me wonder if these two are just like really bad at communicating and they weren't living in the same place and they just, they didn't communicate properly. Um, I mm-hmm. don't know if that's part of it, but like clearly they were in some sort of murky area that was not maybe commonly agreed upon, but they were not uninvolved with each other. That seems yeah. fairly clear. I from, think if you're from going to couples right. therapy with someone, that's not your ex, right? right? Like <sighs> they might soon be your no. ex, but you are, <laughs> yeah. you are presumably trying to figure out something. Um, yeah. Um, so Johnny said that things really took a turn after Victoria went to L.A. and Natalie's uh, Nick's girlfriend's birthday party. Yeah. Where both she and Greg were there, which, again, is not weird. And this was in late August um, for Natalie's birthday. And Johnny basically said after this party, there were a lot of other bachelor people there, including some mutual friends. He had heard that she was, like, saying she was single and, you know potentially cheated on him there and he's like that's when she really withdrew from me after that party she stopped being responsive and that's when i really felt like she was no longer committed to working things out oh it sounds really really painful and it sounds like they were again with the bad communication they were just like not talking she just like wasn't texting him but they hadn't formally fully broken up right so like that's just no again shitty communication and also it it really sounds and he made this claim on the couch, like she was assuring him that things with Greg were platonic, that they didn't work out before the show. Now they're just Ugh. friends. And then he's hearing other things. And then she's no longer responding to him. So after this, he met up with Victoria in Nashville, where she lives. And he's like, it was it was over at that point. Like he could tell she was just not checked out. Yeah, checked out. Mm-hmm. And he says they te- they actually broke up in mid-September, which would fit more with the timeline sort of presented in the text to Natalie, too, which is like September is really when things officially started yeah. to shut down. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though it was clearly like a slow death. <laughs> like, Obviously, from, from both yeah. of their There's a lot of... Yeah. There's a lot of skid marks yeah. of, the, of the... Exactly. Yeah. And then he said Popping that... Up. He found out about Greg and Victoria when a friend of his sent him the photos of the two of them in Italy. And he's like, it was awful, but also a relief in a sense because I didn't feel crazy anymore. Um, Yeah. 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 Because I feel like we've all sort of been in, well, at least a lot of people have been in that position where it's like, like, I have this gut. The guy or the girl that they tell you not to worry about. Yeah, It always. Right. And I mean, look, that can happen even if it doesn't turn romantic until after a relationship ends, but it probably still feels like real 
shitty either way yeah. to be the person on the receiving really end and be shitty. like, I saw the writing on the wall and you wouldn't admit it to me. And now like, here we are. And I feel like an idiot. Um, and that kind of can happen mm-hmm. regardless of whether you were like, uh, you know, formally cheated on. Yeah. He also on this podcast addressed some of the allegations that Victoria had made about like his cruelty towards her during their relationship. He said that Mm. the comment about like cooking and cleaning was a complete joke. He's like, I love to cook and clean and Victoria hates it. And so we were sort of like joking about yeah, cooking he, and cleaning. He and was, he was like, like, well, if I'm doing all this, yeah. like, what are you doing? He, he was said like, it was like a joke. He was like, you know, and this is how my household works for sure. Like I cook, my husband cleans the dishes. It's like, I I clean, you cook. He's like, so if I'm doing the cooking and the cleaning, like, what are you going to do? What are you doing? Right. And yeah, he's like, whatever. Like, she, she doesn't have to cook and clean. I was just joking around with her. And uh, not we weren't there. So who knows? I always I who always knows? instinctively bridle when I hear a man saying anything about a woman needing to cook or clean. <laughs> same. Yeah. Same, same, yeah. same. Um, and he didn't, so they bring up the bleeped out, like, words that he called her, which I think we're pretty sure were something, like, stupid Well, she word. posted yeah. it on her Instagram it was fucking story. Cunt. Yeah. She, she said that on her Instagram yeah. story. Ben and Ashley on the podcast were so weird. They're like, that word that we, what word? Who can say what the word was? Use can a, you give use us a, a euphemism? euphemism? We're like, guys, we all know what the words were. Yeah. The mouths were still well, moving. That, like, like, they're like, did you say it? Adults. And he says, no, absolutely not. But, you know, w- did we have arguments where I said things that weren't necessarily the best thing to say or best choice of words that, yes. <laughs> so, like, uh, fine. Okay. Like, maybe he didn't say that. But, like, they were like, did you say call her a word that would really hurt yeah. her? And he was like, absolutely not. But I did say things to her that were not the best thing to say. And I was like, well, you need to be a little more specific. Then speak yeah, up. Like, huh, okay. I don't know. Let's sounds it. like you got into some rough fights. Yeah, and you toxic. probably said some shitty things to each other. Um, yeah. He also said, which I thought was interesting, that right after the reunion filmed, Victoria reached out to him. They both were really torn out about how, torn up about how things had gone. And they saw each other at the press event the next day and ended up, talking and he said like we hashed things out and I actually felt better but then after we had talked Nick posted that like soft launch video on TikTok and so oh yeah Nick Vial's drama so he just felt like that sort of set him over the edge and he was like I just felt like I was getting kicked while I was down and so I think now they're they're not in contact at all the fact that Nick posted that was wild. Yeah, I, I can't oh, I get over told that. Him. So. I was like, you are an agent of chaos, Nick. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that was messy. And uh, the fact that it potentially messed up them coming to a better place with each other makes Sucks. me really sad. It definitely sad. did. It definitely yeah, did. Yeah. Me, like, why? Really, like, like <sighs> for what? It's so unnecessary. It's not some random person. Like, this is a person who has a very big following of this kind of content right, like yeah no it was clearly what do you mean clearly uh it was it just it's a real calculated bummer. it's a really big bummer when you feel like two people who did love each other like now have this huge schism and you wish that they could come to kind of a, a healthy place um but on that note we are gonna say goodbye to Kay because like 
apparently she has other things to do, <laughs> which is so weird. No, um, just like it's not that it's not that important. You're very busy to, like, and you know, important. Money. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have other jobs. <laughs> um, so we're gonna take a quick break and say goodbye to Kay. Kay, thank you so much for joining us. Where can the people find you? Um, you can follow my podcast, The Bachelor, on Instagram at The Bachelor or on Twitter at Bachelor Pod. You can also follow me at K York City on any platform. Catchiest Instagram handle ever. I just call you K York City <laughs> in my brain. That's what most people do. <laughs> Kay, thanks again. This was fun. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can you keep up? I like this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Ugh. Read a book. I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are Same. not a lot of hours <laughs> to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority. Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash love to see it. So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process, it would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly. 
truly have it all because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in, in those spare moments when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class. I can do something that gets my heart rate up and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code LTSI20. alomoves.com code LTSI20. And we are back and it's time to talk about some happier couples. Yes, the happy couple updates. Um, usually these are pretty uh, boring, but we do have a couple, a couple juicy tidbits. <laughs> um, Danielle and Michael and Brandon and Serene have both been doing some some pods to let the people know what they're up to. So Danielle and Michael went on Almost Famous with Ben and Ashley I and talked about their relationship and sort of the the speculation that they had been potentially planning their meetup in paradise that they were involved before they came on the show. And uh, basically they said that they just had a very platonic Instagram DM only friendship that wasn't that extensive. Um, Danielle said that she knew Michael was being considered for a bachelor. And so she had her guard up. She was like, I can't get too excited. You know, excited She's like, I had a little crush guy. on him, but I was like restraining myself because, you know, she knows yeah. how this franchise works. Um, yeah. I still am like confused, but like they'll be like, we had such a good friendship that we didn't want to spoil, but also it was barely even a friendship. So it meant nothing. <laughs> I was like, I, uh. I don't know. I, as someone who has internet friends, I'm like, I kind of get it. Yeah. I guess I've never really had like an Instagram DM only friendship that, you know, felt that well, central I to my life. Date it. Yeah. I don't think, I don't get the sense that it was central. I, I feel like there are added stakes when you, just like in the franchise when you like start dating yeah. someone. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think this is, I don't, I personally don't really think that they're like hiding anything here. Um, but I'm the Danielle, resident skeptic of Daniel and Michael. So I have to do my part. I know you are. I, I'm sorry. I'm just not. Um, <laughs> Danielle received a call from production. She said just like a few weeks before BIP was filming and they told her like someone had requested her specifically. And she was like, I was really hoping it was Michael, but that wasn't confirmed for her. She was like, you know, I'm 36. Like, <laughs> I think <laughs> she was like, there might be limited people. I was on the show years ago and I'm not 25. Yeah. So. <laughs> the way they talk about it was so funny because, of course, we know that they submit their lists to each other yeah. and so on. But there do always seem to be people on the beach that, like, no one is interested in. 
and they just suffer. And so it does seem like a lot of the casting is done the way they put it as like almost a matchmaking service. Like yeah. we get the list, we see what who matches up, we try to get them on in these overlapping time periods. But then they'll also just like throw in some like other people like Lace that will cause drama through just the embarrassment of being on the beach and no one wanting to go on a date with them or like remembering who they are. And that just sounds like such a miserable dynamic. It's like everyone here is here to meet each other specifically and they're excited. Except for me. (laughs) And I'm just like wandering the beach crying. Yeah. Like Danielle is wise to be like, I will go if someone is specifically trying to meet me. That seems like the only way this is worth it, especially after you've been off the show for years. Yeah. Um, Also, as a friend of Wells, I'm sure they wouldn't totally fuck her over. The way they did with, like, Haley. (laughs) Oh, my God. Or McKenna. Yeah. So she also said that the one time they went out in public, because they did do the thing where they got Airbnbs. This is what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. They didn't go on a vacation to Denmark and just assume that there were no Americans there. (laughs) No. Weirdly, they were like, we stayed in the middle of nowhere in random states in Airbnbs. Um but they did go out in public one time for Wells's wedding because he gave her a plus one. And she was like, okay, guys, I'm going to do this. Like, people from the show are going to be there. And, you know, I think they also just care less about right. paradise spoilers, honestly. They clearly don't care that much. Because, yeah. to be honest, that is, like, the prime moment when you're going to spoil it. It's like, not only are they out in public together, it's, like, a, an event that's highly visible, specifically within Bachelor Nation, And so there was no way that that was going to go unnoticed. It's not like, even if you're just like out at a bar in in Nashville, maybe photos together. It's like, wait, Wells isn't that close to Michael individually. So yeah, it was pretty clear, but whatever, they did it. Um, uh, They also talked about Danielle's relationship with James, Michael's son. And they talked about kind of how careful carefully they have sort of like rolled out that relationship. Michael's like, I introduced Danielle to James as a friend because he's like very aware of the fact that his son has had a mother taken away from him. And he wants to be very careful of like the impact of like bringing new people into his life. And then what if that relationship doesn't work out? So um, and he also said Danielle is the first woman that he's introduced to James at all. I mean, Laura mm-hmm. only died a, a few years ago. So I think his yeah. dating history was not super, super extensive, more casual. Yeah. I think it was three, like three, three years, three ago. years, three or four years. Yeah. 2019. 20, oh, 2019. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, what is time? I don't know. There's been yeah. a pandemic. <laughs> time has collapsed. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Um, and he he basically has just introduced Danielle to James as a friend. Like, they haven't tried to explain to James yet that they're in a relationship. Um, and so they've just been focused more on building up that that friendship between them. It's such it was, a hard thing. Was, I mean, I feel yeah. like there are, there, are, there are better ways to do it. Um, and there are worse ways to do it. Obviously, you don't want to be constantly just, like, bringing in a new mother figure and then it doesn't work out and they're gone. 
but uh, it's just so hard because relationships hard. don't always work out. And as soon as you, you do introduce that and... person to their life, it is going to be hard when they're gone, even if it's just right. as a friend who's always there. Like it's so, it must it's be really hard. scary. Yeah. It sounds really scary. And I, I, I did appreciate that both of them were speaking really candidly about it. Like it's, yeah, it just sounds like a really tough thing to navigate. And I love what Danielle said, which is that, she was like, look, I'm just focused on like building a relationship with James, not like defining it in any way, but just being someone that he feels safe around, that he feels comfortable coloring with or just like having as a presence in his life. And she said, you know, I also really want to feel like a safe space for James to talk about his mother, to talk about Laura and to never feel like it is weird to to bring her up and I don't know. It was really, it was really beautiful. Yeah. They spent Thanksgiving together. Um, very cute. Yeah. I also, I hope things work out, especially, especially now that she's involved in James's life. In James's life. And, and she's, I mean, she is moving there. They both were like, yeah, we both currently anticipate being together for a long time. Like they clearly are, are in this with that intention. Obviously you never know. Yeah, relationships end, That's, but yeah. it's clear that they are both committed to this one working and that they are like both making choices that will kind of set that relationship up to have the greatest chance of success. Yeah, man, adults. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Well, speaking of adults, uh, let's talk about a slightly less adult moment. Oh, um, yes. So, uh, another thing that was <laughs> touched on. Uh, in another podcast that Danielle and Michael went on is this like Sierra kerfuffle that has been bubbling up. Um, Danielle went, went on Caitlin Bristow's podcast off the vine on November 17th, which is prior to when the finale aired. Um, And she and Caitlin spoke about Sierra in a really dismissive way. And people were like, understandably, not impressed by it. Yeah. Uh, the conversation um, about Sierra was not that long, but it was just the tone was and the framing were pretty dismissive of Sierra. Um, they referred to her as what's her face. Which yeah. Like, oh, Ka- Caitlin did. I mean, Caitlin did. Caitlin, did. Caitlin yeah. said that she was talking about how Danielle and Michael had had really not that much drama on the show. And then she said, except for what's her face trying to say, but in three days he led me on and there was a bigger plan. I've got receipts just kind of in a mocking tone. And Danielle responded that it had been, frustrating she said if this is someone you cared so much about and no one respect why are you and caitlin said shitting on his happiness yeah but, i will but say good caitlin luck with was your single really, you just released caitlin was was really driving this danielle was participating yeah. but i really th- the way that caitlin was talking about it i was like i listen i've always liked caitlin but you have built an entire multi-brand like multi-business empire on the back of your time on the bachelor and i do not begrudge you that but sierra releases one single and you're like well that's treating her like she's a hustler it's it's what people do on the show it's it's what people do and like that's like i'm not gonna begrudge anyone 
Logan frankly. also is releasing singles. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, and you know what? Go do your thing. Every single one of you. Like, 100%. You had to debase yourself for our entertainment. Go forth. Yeah. Get what you can. The returns are diminishing. So, like, I don't begrudge. 100%. Yeah, I don't begrudge anyone for yeah. using their platform in whatever way they want to. Danielle it, hears this and is like, wait, stop. She released a single. And then she says, that doesn't sit right with me. Um, They kind of, she, she sort of seems to be kind of struggling between the impulses of, like, she clearly is, like, pretty pissed at Sierra for the the social post she's been making about Michael and doesn't think super highly of her. But she's also like, well, yeah, I hope it does well. We're all trying to make our way out here. Like, that's part of the hustle of going on the show. But just, like, meh, I don't like it. Like, don't bring someone down in the process. Like, it's clear that she's, like, caught between this sort of, like, disgust of like i can't believe she would do that and being like well but of course she did it and that's fine actually because we're all trying to get our bag you know <laughs> she's it's like just like grappling just the kind of the thing moment. that it's like there was no reason to have this conversation in public like <sighs> that's sort of where where i landed is like it's not good for anyone and it it certainly comes off as as me- really mean-spirited and of course be- of course this was going to happen a bunch of Sierra's followers sent her DMs being like, Caitlin and Danielle are making mean comments, mean and dismissive comments. Yeah, like you. treating you like of you're course. a clout chaser, like you have yeah. no right to feel hurt by Michael, like your feelings should be silenced, I guess, in order to like clear the path for him to have the life he wants. Yeah. And so she tweeted, um, screenshots of some of these DMs she received about the podcast and Tagged added Danielle and Caitlin. Yeah, and them. she she added for clarity, I'm over Michael and have been. This is why I don't get why I'm a point of topic for them. Those who keep saying get over it, it's comical because I'm in a relationship. But but damn, near forty and hating on a 27 year old that also had your man. Goodbye. My feelings are valid. Uh, and uh. I have to agree. Like, I I think that part of what's going on with Sierra is that, like, I feel like the whole fan base has become divided between, like, let Michael and Danielle be happy, like, stop bringing up your feelings, or, like, people who are really on Sierra's side and are, like, she was, like, used in a conspiracy. And I don't know whether there's a conspiracy or not, but I do know that like three days is enough on the beach to feel invested in someone and to feel hurt when things don't work out. And that like deserves to be treated as, as valid, a valid experience. And also when I think, you know, when these things are airing, it does bring back up old feelings and it is the moment when people kind of get to say their piece publicly and when they are receiving feedback publicly and, I don't know. I'm like, why? Again, it just frustrates me so much that we're always sort of like trying to divide up like either Sierra's a bad person or like Michael's a bad person. Like maybe all these people deserve happiness. Maybe we should all like, including us, the audience should be careful about the way that we speak about real people. These people should be careful and thoughtful about the way they speak about each other. Um, I thought Sierra's comments were fair. I didn't love the like, oh, she's 40 hating on a 27 year old who had 
her man. I don't I, know. That I, was yeah. The, I I was trying. I, I couldn't that. quite parse that, but I do feel like no. She I think was, it was she was she was saying you're old. Well, I think she I'm was young. saying you should be more mature than this. Like you're not a teenager. Yeah, that's why. That's why I feel like there was a lot to parse there because there's also the weird like this 27 year old also had your man, but like yeah, like that they are a little a little old to be having that kind of I know, teenage but discussion about the 40 the 40 Michael's was deployed ex. the 40 was deployed for a reason i think Instead it could be deployed for both reasons it, yeah i'm just saying you could have said she didn't say hating on a 30 year old mm. you know what i mean it's like you're aging up like i i don't know yeah. i think there is some of that in there i Again, I understand why she's annoyed and like pissed and wanted to like throw some of that back. Like I don't, I I, I get the in- impulse, but I'm just, I think all this entire exchange, I was just like left feeling like sad, and I was like, I yeah. just want you all to like be okay, and like I'm yeah. glad Sierra's I, in a yeah. relationship. Me too. I hope that relationship is really healthy and happy. She did soft I, launch it on Instagram recently with some s- photos of them and stories, like snuggling and kissing. No tag. Not sure who he is, but he's cute. And- but he is cute and he exists. And I love that for her. <laughs> um, Caitlin did. Caitlin and Danielle both did apologize to Sierra. Caitlin, I guess, had DM'd her. And then she also replied publicly and said, Sierra, I'm deeply sorry. I've been reflecting for a few days. I see where I went wrong. I sent you a DM a couple days ago and now on Instagram would love to apologize offline and to you personally. Sierra responded, appreciate this. I wouldn't have looked to find your DMs had you not tweeted. It's hard accepting your apology since I feel it's only warranted after being called out. After my experience, I have a hard time believing people are genuine in the public eye. I'll respond to privately. Thank you. Yeah, um, I will say Caitlin's yeah. response was, did you see where it was? It was not in response. It wasn't like a quote tweet. It wasn't directly at Sierra. It was in response to some other like randos who are arguing beneath Sierra's initial tweet. It was like buried Weird. deep in the replies. And I was like, what is this positioning? <laughs> Why are you replying here? <laughs> she didn't even respond directly to one of Sierra's actual tweets. That's weird. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, on it, to be perfectly honest, I did not. I did not look too hard into it. Yeah, um, I clicked through, and then I was like, "Wait, wait, where am I?" Um, yeah, I. I feel like I feel for Sierra because I just. It, it seems like the whole franchise is just trying to sweep her under the rug in a way. Like we went from people like Wells being like, Michael and Sierra are actually also one of the most stable couples here. They're like mom and dad. To it being like she didn't she, exist Oh, she's at all. irrelevant. Yeah. Right. Like, no, like Michael has just her, been in this beautiful relationship with Danielle ever since any of us can remember. And I feel like that's driving a lot of her. I agree. Hurt. And I guess that's what I keep coming back to is that like there. Yes, it is on the individuals, but like underlying everything is like the show and the choices that the show made mm-hmm. that fundamentally devalued. Sierra and not to say that there's no like culpability for the way that individuals act on the beach but there's also like the show has an investment in lifting Michael and Danielle up and that's not necessarily a reflection on like Michael and Danielle's feeling of their own greater importance yeah but like the only way to litigate it ends up being in these like interpersonal ways um and I think 
I don't know. Yeah. It's just a bummer. I was glad that Caitlin apologized. And I was glad also that um, Danielle apologized. She spoke to Us Weekly, Sarah Heron, on that podcast after the finale. And she addressed everything that had happened with Sierra. And she said, she spoke to Sierra directly first and said, like, I just really want to apologize for hurting your feelings. I wasn't there during the relationship. It had resolved by the time I got down there and I shouldn't have spoken into it. She also said, I truly wish nothing but the best for her. And I am just really excited to move forward with my relationship with Michael. Yeah. Which like, yeah, there was no reason to talk about it. Yeah, I agree. There was no reason to talk about it um, or to make assumptions about what was going on. I, 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 I would like to see like Caitlin especially apologize on her podcast and address specifically like, like basically saying that Sierra had no valid reason to like express her feelings of hurt and that it was that it was all just for clout and that was what bothered me the the most about what, yeah. what they said. Um, on that podcast, also Michael spoke to the breakup with Sierra and he said, what I tried to do with Sierra was let her know the second I realized that it wasn't there at a time when she had the rose where she could make a decision, I would do that all over again. Where I really tripped up was not being able to explain myself in a way that she deserved, letting her know she just wasn't the right person for me. And I should have ended it really like that. And so for that, I apologize. And I apologized to her at the reunion for that. Um, Yeah, we didn't see that much of them at the reunion. I really am like desperately curious if there was more that they cut. <laughs> I suspect there was. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll never know. Um, but... Yeah, I I hope that they're all able to just move forward. Move forward. Um like move on, be happy in your relationships. You're 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 all you're yeah. all uh you're all humans that have been mangled by the show. That's what the show does to everyone. Exactly. I, yeah. Brandon and Serene are just we must talk to be about, perfect. We must talk about Brandon and Serene. <laughs> we have like four lines on them. Cuz the, their whole love story is just like we love each other even more than you thought possible. There was yeah. so much we had to get off our chest, which is we're perfect for each other and we love each other. I'm like, yeah. they're just they're just I that know. couple. Like I have a couple friends like this where you just look at them and you're like, really? How I, do I don't you understand. exist? Like I don't understand. They yeah. are that couple. When people are like, oh, I just, some people just thrive off of drama and relationships. I guess I'm that person because I genuinely can't understand. I would get so restless <laughs> also, like, we I'm haven't had like, a good wait. healthy clearing out of the accounts recently can you like imagine being in a relationship where the other person like doesn't annoy you and you don't annoy that like at some point no. I just I don't understand maybe I'm just a really annoying person and I also am a judgmental bitch who gets like easily annoyed but look no that's just I, who I am I I don't understand <laughs> they went on the almost famous podcast as well and they talked to Ashley I and everything that they said was truly and so along pure. those lines. Like she was like, What what was a beautiful moment between you that like you realized that you were going to propose or something? And Brandon was like, When we when we reunited on the beach and like we swept each other up in each other's arms, it was just like a longer, more romantic scene than you saw. And we said more beautiful things to each other. Like, That's possible. And I was like, What? <laughs> 
No, I mean, it sounded fair. I can understand being like, this is supposed to be a show about love. And we have this dramatic, dramatic, like embrace. And then, and then I was just like, and then I was just like, I love you. And it was this big declaration against the crashing waves. And they just like cut it. But it's like, I would rather have seen it because just to hear about it on a podcast, I'm like, that's the juice you got for me, guys. Like, that's, that's nothing. (laughs) That's, that's. I mean, I always say this, like, I don't care if they're a little boring. Like, I love to see cute moments yeah. between the stable couples. It's just, it well, reminds me what we're there for. Well said on, um, I think, Bachelor Happy Hour recently that he was trying to, like, encourage them to stay involved with everything, even if they were really focused on each other so that they wouldn't get cut from the show. He was like, you don't want to, you know, get so consumed and like napping together that you're never in anything. And he's like, they didn't listen to me. Brandon did find time to call many women natural disasters. So, well, that's what she, that's what you got to do. I mean, it's (laughs) not like they were, it's not like they were completely absent, but he's like, they just weren't. They were taking a lot of naps. They really liked each other. A lot of naps. You have to respect that. He also was like, I kept telling Brandon, you know, go, go do like the, the synchronized swimming bit with the guys in the pool, like get involved. And I was like, wait, was that why the guys were all just hanging out all the time? Was production like, you got to go do guy stuff together for the show? Because there are only so many little bros hanging out bits that I need personally. It's not bros in paradise. I'm actually, I'm doing a hard pivot away from friendship. I no longer want to see friendship on the show. (laughs) Jesus. It's it's gone too far. It's all just guys hanging out. And the women are like, please, can I have a little bit of attention, please? And the guys are like, sorry, this is a, this is boys night again. Except for no, Brandon. The real and that's problem why he's is all the tears. That too, too many tears. I don't like the tears. Well, there's so many tears because these people aren't having good quality time together. They're always fighting about how they they can't see their boyfriends because their boyfriends are doing synchronized swimming with the guys. Well, I'm just looking at the adorable photos of Brandon. Yeah, I was like, what are Serene you looking at <laughs> over the holidays? They're so yeah. cute. They, I, had to, I, I had to look at this they, stepbrothers recreation. Oh, my God. Yes. They spent Thanksgiving in Oklahoma City with Serene's family. And he and her hot brother posted the most spot on stepbrothers recreation. It's really good. And like the, the Argyle oh vests. It's really good. And they're both so cute. And Serene's just so radiant. <laughs> and I'm just I really love their love. I know. I'm, really rooting for these two and i i think they will go the distance yeah i i do too i think everyone would be really surprised if they broke up they just love love and they love each other and i love that for them the official account was like who wants to see brandon and serene getting get married in paradise next year and brianna just responded like that won't be no. happening or something. He's just like, no, well, He's like, what? we're going to have a real <laughs> wedding, okay? Like, I'm sorry. I've well, seen I've seen what you people do for these like, televised for weddings. How many couples that actually get married in paradise stay together? That's the real kiss of death. It's so true. <laughs> remember, remember Lacey and Marcus? Yes, that wasn't even a legal wedding. Well, thank God, because it <laughs> lasted God. like zero I mean, months. Crystal and... Chris. Uh, Carly and Evan. 
I know. I mean, at least that's a little different. I'm like, they did have two children. They, well, that's the thing. They had a real marriage and yet they still, I, I think that the marriage on the beach it's was the kiss, the kiss of, of death. death. And I want, I want my couples. Yeah. Like Jade and Tanner away. are still together, but they had a real wedding. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Yeah. Just my little, my little conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> You're like, there is a curse. There's and a it's curse on the beach. Lita. <laughs> It's also why so many of the good couples that came off the beach didn't even get engaged on the beach. Like, yeah, they're like the healthiest know. thing you can do is to leave the beach without doing any sort of ritual exactly on, on, on the sand. So uh, we have one last bit of not paradise related gossip. Our gal Gabby finished as the runner up on Dancing with the Stars. I've do not watch Dancing with the Stars, but I have been enjoying watching clips of Dancing with the Stars after the fact. She is very talented. She came in second to Charlie D'Amelio, who, if you don't know this, is literally a professional dancer. I'm I'm getting a little bit confused about the the whole concept of the show and how it's non-professional dancers (laughs) who learn how to dance. I guess that she's not a ballroom dancer, but it's clearly a huge advantage. Like whenever someone is on the show, who's like a figure skater, a TikTok dancer, a gymnast, they always do so much better. Obviously. Yeah. This is not surprising. Uh, Also, Charlie D'Amelio, I think everyone knew from like night one, she's going to win because a lot of it is just um, audience votes. Oh yeah. And she has the most followers out of anyone. Huge following. So this was not surprising, but, um, Gabby did really well, and it seemed like she had a really good time. Yeah, She also made some headlines because she and Vinny from Jersey Shore, who was also on Dancing with the Stars, were doing some, like, flirty banter back and forth on, like, Instagram, and people were like, oh, my God, they're together. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, calm down. I, like, if she ended up with someone who was on Jersey Shore... I I would have to just throw throw my my podcasting. Yeah, Gabby was like I will make it. a cameo on I have to turn a my Jersey apron. Shore family reunion and you know I just don't get that crossover. I, I don't see her with a Vinny no, and if I I'm wrong either. I will retire. I do think uh that they have a fun flirty friendship which like yes that's this is kind good. of the this vibe she has with everyone. With everyone. That's her thing. Um, she also, since we last taped, announced on Dancing with the Stars that she and her fiance from the the Bachelorette Eric were officially broken up. Which I have to say, incredible gameswomanship! What a move! She's like, She's I'm not like, going to announce it until there's a little tape segment of me with my dance partner in rehearsal, like talking about the pain of going through a breakup. And how we can channel that into our dance. <laughs> Let's give this episode a little narrative. Um, she told her dance partner, Val, the end of our relationship happened because we weren't completely in sync and in step with each other in our common goals or just the way we approach life. Eric also posted a statement after this on Instagram. And he was just like, look, we just realized we weren't each other's people. And I have no regrets. Gabby's amazing. We met in an amazing way. And like, she's doing amazing things. Everything's amazing. Everything's amazing. Now he gets to surf all the time again, which is also amazing. Honestly, I was like, 
kudos to these two for just consciously uncoupling in a tr- relatively undramatic way. They they did their best. She she took that breakup and she channeled it professionally. He, and Eric uh, was still out here being like, vote for Gabby. He was still supporting her. <laughs> um, and I yeah. noticed Jason also was. I was like, way to show up for your for your girl. Oh, <laughs> she she leaves a trail of healthy ex relationships. Yeah, everyone just loves Gabby, even <laughs> if she dumps you. You, you yeah. like, can't not love her. Uh, yeah, I I was curious. Like, it's such a loaded thing to be like we weren't completely in step with our common goals or the way we approach life. And I was like, hmm, in like a in like a doing blackface in your yearbook photos sort of way or in like yeah we just like weren't on the same page about (laughs) doing that yeah Um, I don't know yeah maybe we'll find out more in the future I was gonna say it is the kind of thing that you you wonder like if they didn't end on super bad terms they're probably just like we're not gonna like shit on each other in public yeah and I do wonder if in a few years once everyone's kind of moved on if we'll get this is why people love Katie because she would just be like we're consciously uncoupling. Stay tuned. In five days, I will be spilling all the Torching dirt. Torching John to the ground. <laughs> uh, Look, I think that... She did give us what we wanted. Uh, listen, she knows, she knows her job. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, but also a heads up that we just learned that The Vile Files is having... Victoria and Greg on for their big interview and it's not out as of this taping. So if we do get that episode soon enough, we will try to hop back on and tape an update about their their defense of their timeline and we'll we'll put it at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. Can you keep up? I like love it. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible, like, neoprene weekender bag, and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. 
One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should. Learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks, and... It's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, Clara, we did it. (laughs) We listened to the Vile Files more than once, which that was a long podcast. It was. um, That was commitment. (laughs) And I'm drained, honestly. I'm... I'm weak. Uh, Victoria and Greg sat down with with Nick on his podcast, which came out, I would say, a bit later than promised. But even the promised timing was later than our taping. So here we are with a little a little update. Uh, let's get into this episode. It's there's a lot in it, and I would say Victoria is pretty detailed and yeah. I mean, hopefully candid about what happened in their relationship, uh, both her and Greg and her and Johnny. So there's a lot to a lot to discuss. So let's get into the timeline first. Oh, my gosh. Yes. This timeline. (laughs) The timeline. It's never going to be made clear. Um, I still felt kind of confused by the timeline. It still seemed murky to me after listening to Victoria go through it. But it made more sense to me why it seemed so murky and confusing, if that makes any sense. Same. Same. I feel like I understood the sort of the the reason that there was murkiness yeah. in both of their perceptions, because what it sounds like is that things turned toxic quickly in this relationship, and then they broke up in sort of unclear stages. Yeah. And Victoria process that much more quickly than Johnny did. Yeah. It also seems like the timeline with Greg is, again, both more clear to me and still murky because it seems like there is some, certainly a level of um, interest and romantic interest in their relationship that goes back a long way that might feel one way to Victoria, but to Johnny, who was engaged to her in the middle of it, it might have felt quite different. So right. uh, th- there are these multiple timelines that all still feel pretty confusing. And But I do think I we think got that, more info. Yeah, we got more info. And I think that what I just keep turning over in my head is how impossible it is to litigate 
even our own relationships in a lot of ways. And so litigating the bounds of someone else's relationship is just essentially impossible. Like we do our best. I think that because these relationships are public, there is a certain level of like that these people, you know, should be sharing because they are, you know, on the show and that's sort of the social contract they enter into. But we're never going to get all of the answers that we want to satisfy us because I don't even think that the people involved have all of the answers or like that we're ever able to completely see with total clarity how a relationship like dissolves. Yeah. So let's, let's try to do just the basic blow by blow of the timeline that we get and they are overlapping. So we start pre paradise. Victoria says that around April when they were casting, she reached out to Greg who she had known for some time um, through mutual friends. She asked him if he was going to paradise and he was not going to paradise. He says on the podcast that he was in and out of his relationship with a woman who lived in France, his his previous girlfriend. And so he wasn't going. During Paradise, she arrives on the beach. It seems that her mutual interest with Greg was known on the beach because Justin and Andrew, Greg's best friends, were there. So it seems like there was like a potent enough connection between them romantically that his friends would have perhaps brought it up and yeah been aware of it and so she and johnny did speak about it while they were on the beach also during paradise greg's relationship ended fully ended fully ended once and for all (laughs) the way that he talks about his relationship is so weird to me because he's like yeah i guess i couldn't fully explore things with victoria because of my girlfriend and i'm like yeah (laughs) i don't i guess so uh, again just like a thing that is still the way that the tone and like the details still seem very confusing to me but he was like sort of unavailable but clearly not unavailable enough that he couldn't have this like well-known mutual interest with victoria sounds messy so his relationship ended he hoped that victoria would come back single from paradise but then andrew told him she was engaged and he says he was deflated and so he says he didn't talk to her Again, until she got back from filming and reached out to him, which Johnny knew about, according to her. Um, this was like an open conversation that she was going to reach out to Greg and kind of clear the air because they all had so many mutual friends. She knew that they would end up being in the same circles. Andrew and Johnny got very close. And so she says she called Greg, told him that she was in this engagement and he says he was supportive of it. And then they didn't speak again for a while. Um, Victoria says that she and Johnny broke off their engagement three weeks after filming wrapped. She says everyone knew Johnny's family, her family, everyone. Um, This does kind of track with what Johnny has said. He's a little bit clear about being like, and then our engagement ended, but it's clear that they both, understood that they were not definitively engaged at some point after filming. Yeah. This apparently happened after their first happy couple visit. Yeah. Which is where production like rents an Airbnb and you stay there for the weekend. And we're going to go more Um, in depth on that later. We'll go in more in depth in that fight. But that is that is the point in which that first like fissure. Yeah. Occurs. And they, at that point, got a couples therapist through production to try to work through things. 
And so they were still talking, they were still pursuing a relationship, but they weren't engaged. And then time goes by. She's going to go to L.A. for Natalie's birthday party, which is at the end of August. And she says two days before she left for the party to go to L.A., he they had an argument and he called her a fucking cunt. And they then spent two days arguing in her portrayal. And I guess somewhere in there went to couples therapy because she says that they went to couples therapy for that comment. She then went to L.A., went to the party. She says she and Greg barely talked there, but they were both at the party. After she returned, Johnny came to visit her in Nashville as a last-ditch effort to fix things. And she says, you know, Johnny says my demeanor was totally off after that, but it wasn't because I'd seen Greg. It was because three days before I was called an effing C-word. And so, obviously, I, like, didn't want to hang out with him anymore. She also kind of says that it sounds like she was kind of emotionally checked out of the relationship at this point. She she says she kind of knew that it was over, but it's clear that that wasn't fully definitively communicated, at least in his, in his mind. Yeah. She's like, this is when it was clear that it was really over in this conversation, but he asked her to hang out on his birthday, which was September 20th. She said no, but then it seems like on his birthday, he was in Nashville with his friends and he was like, can I please come talk again about things? And she said, okay. And he came over with all his bags ready to like stay with her. And she says, we talked, we talked for 45 minutes and I said, no, you can't stay here. We're over. There isn't going to be one more night, nothing it's done. And she says, I think that is the final breakup in Johnny's mind, which Again, Which like, tracks is what, what he, he said, said, more or less. Yeah. yeah. He said mid-September The thing is that, when they broke up. Yeah, the thing that still doesn't quite add up for me is that, as Nick brings up, thank you, Nick, he's like, well, you texted Natalie September 5th, and you said you and Johnny were on a break. And, to like, to me, if I'm telling my friends I'm on a break with someone, that doesn't mean the same thing as me having ended things with him for good and so that still like strikes me as a little bit confusing like if you feel like you've really called things off why are you telling your friends that you're on a break of all the people that you could be honest with I found this a little strange but then one of Nick's like co-workers on the podcast chimes in Allie or Amanda and just like offers her an out she's like that was, I guess that was your way of compromising if Johnny wasn't receptive to a breakup. You would just say like, oh, we're on a break. And Victoria's like, yes. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make know. sense this to is, me. This is hard. I have definitely, when I was significantly younger, like I don't think I would act this way now, but I, I have been in a relationship where I wanted to end it and I was like too much of a, frankly, a coward to be really clear about it. And so I did use a break as like a stopgap on the way to break up. And I think that 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 is a thing that people do. I also think that that it wouldn't surprise me that Victoria could leave those interactions being like, well, in my mind, this is done. And Johnny could leave those interactions being like, well, in my mind, like this is a pause and we're working on things still. And so I, I do think that that 
like I could see them interpreting that in different ways. And it's clear that that is not like the best communication then. Yeah, it just seems like she's not talking to Johnny in that text. She's talking to her friend. So she thinks it's over. Why would she have to couch it to Natalie? You know what I mean? I think that's the um, part that's not quite adding up to me. Like, it's one thing to have to couch it to Johnny. Like, we we need a break. This isn't working. I could still see. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm putting myself Maybe. in that position. I could still see myself telling a friend, like, yeah, we're on a break. But you see it as, like, this isn't. We're not going to be not on a break. Yeah, the break will last forever. <laughs> the break will last forever. I just, or like, yeah, I, I, I guess know. I have very little experience with dumping people because as we all know, I was the perpetual dumpy. But <laughs> well, same. That's why I'm like, as a person who's really bad at being in that position, as a like, person I did of this. Yeah. minimal dumping experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I do think that there has to be some accountability there, though, to be like, well, if he thinks you didn't break up because you didn't say that you broke up, then that is sort of on you to some extent. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think it is surprising. You can't just like, be like, I, I decided in my just... mind that we broke up, but I told him it was a break. So how did he not know that what I decided in my mind? Yeah, I do wish that I wish that no one had jumped in then because I would have yeah. just liked to hear Victoria explain it more. And like, right. there wasn't really space then because that explanation was given. And I think that sort of robbed us of a little bit of clarity there. Yeah. Um, but I guess my like overall read on it was like they were in a back and forth and it wasn't clear and Victoria wanted it to be done, but she hadn't fully, fully, fully been like, this is never, ever happening yeah. again. And again, and Johnny yeah. was also willing to like hold on to that little yeah. bit of hope. And I have been both people in and, this yeah. situation. Same. Well, so most, I get it. mostly the the one who's holding on, but I think yeah, it is same. hard to ever litigate something like this if you weren't there because so much depends on what actually was said and done and like how much of it is Johnny not wanting to hear what she's saying and how much of it right. is Victoria not, not being clear. clear and like we just don't we know. just don't know and that's why I think I keep fixating on this text because I'm like she wasn't being clear to Natalie so maybe that's like the smoking gun but like there still isn't enough information so around yeah so after all of that happens and things really break off with Johnny, she's not in contact so we, with him anymore. I think we can anymore. say September 20th is like a definitive, definitive, definitive. It has been done. Yeah. It's like in both of their minds now, it is fully over. And she says, shortly after this, she called Greg to chat. And then she says, you know, we always just had a platonic relationship where we'd just call each other and be like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? Where you been? And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, has that been going on? I thought you said you guys weren't talking. And like, is it platonic if it's like so charged with sexual tension and like romant mutual romantic interest? Like, is that what pla I don't think that's what platonic means. Like, <laughs> no. if you're both just like desperately <laughs> crushing on each other and you're like Here's having flirtatious thing. phone conversations. If you're out of a relationship, even if it's the next day, like you are allowed to hit up whoever 100%. you want. 100%. <laughs> At the same time, I think they are both quite aware that this doesn't look good. Well, right. And so I, I think it's, I, I don't know if she's like litigating in her own mind, like how 
what did she think was going to happen? Maybe she doesn't even completely know, but it's like, yeah, obviously you guys were into each other on and off for a while. You reached out. Your relationship was done. This like constant insistence on like how platonic it was is alternated with, oh, there was so much mutual interest, but it just couldn't be at that time. But we both knew of our mutual interest and all our friends knew about it, but it was totally platonic. And I'm like, I get that you weren't like actually hooking up, but- You weren't hooking up, you weren't dating. It wasn't platonic. It wasn't platonic. And And that's that's the weird situation. It's, (laughs) It's like both okay. And also I understand how- shitty that is for johnny yes absolutely to be like oh this is the guy you told me not to worry about because it was platonic but your version of platonic is that you've had this ongoing mutual interest in each other for like a year and immediately after we broke up you're getting together and that doesn't actually feel very platonic that's actually why this podcast was clarifying for me because it clarified to me both of their positions and how those things could exist at the same time because it is like technically i there it sounds like there wasn't cheating right at the same time i completely understand why this would be deeply hurtful to johnny right and like, what's like the boundary between emotional I, cheating I, and just like Having and I don't know some sort and I don't of... know that there I don't know that there is such a clear one. I think that's what I'm struggling with in in talking about this because it's yeah, I don't know. I, know. I think it's it's just a little messy. The timeline's a little messy. It's messy, but and... also like uh, relationships get messy. Well, and I this is again a point where I would almost want her to just <laughs> Victoria, say what I want you to say, where I'd almost want her to just be like it really it must really be painful to have the guy that I said was just a platonic friend not to worry about to have me dating him right after. And I own that. Like, it must feel like a betrayal. But, like, this is reality. I was committed to our relationship. I couldn't make it work. And I'm not going to not be with the person that I want to be with now because of that. I just have to except that like that really hurt him and made him feel betrayed. Like I I think that like obviously no I don't want her to not be with Greg if that's who she wants to be with which she clearly does, but there there is like a a loss of trust that can I think go along with someone immediately getting with the person that they told you like was not someone they were interested in in that way. Yeah, I don't think Johnny and Victoria are going to be great friends. No, I don't like, think so. Like, I think so. that this ended in a way that makes it really hard for for them to, for either of them, really, to feel good about it. And that is unfortunate. I also think that's a thing that the f- it fucking happens sometimes. Yeah. And, like... It just, it uh, just sucks. sucks. So... They started catching up on the phone again. Greg came to visit her in Nashville... As we suggested, he came to visit her and they hung out inside. And I mean, we're not spotted. (laughs) We're not spotted. Incredible. And I guess that they were just like, that doesn't, that isn't good enough. That doesn't count. We have to go to Italy. But they didn't start dating like right away because Greg was really hesitant about getting involved with everything that was happening with the show. But they kept talking. It sounds like both of them were like, yeah, this is going to look really bad. And obviously, they've both been through the ringer with the 
yeah. their public perceptions. And so, but they were into each other. So they didn't actually. Yeah. But then in late October, down. Greg was on his way to the doctor's office and he was like, I just really want to actually give things a shot. So he calls up Victoria and he's like, I want to actually take you out on a real date. Let's go to Europe. And she said, I've always wanted to see Italy. When Greg does like Victoria voice, it's really funny to me. <laughs> it's like, I've always <laughs> wanted to see Italy. And so they just spontaneously go to Italy for their first date, which again, like I'm like, official you're, date. you're calling it a first date, but it's like, that's, you've been, you know, each other in person and you've been romantically like talking for weeks now. I know. I, it was also clarifying to me to be like, oh, you guys did meet up before this. Like whether or not you right. hooked up, there was, there were the like groundworks of hey, we're going to acknowledge very openly that we have mutual interests right. and that we are trying to pursue this. I feel like there's so, a little bit of like trying to play the like, it's our first date. So it really just started. And also that, but we had a really strong foundation already. And it's like, you're, you want to imply with the first date thing that it was super fresh, but it clearly you had been working on things, which yeah, is fine. It's fine. Also hilarious. They keep being like, you know, we said we would put on wigs if we'd noticed anyone looking at us in Italy, but it was just so freeing to go outside and see no Americans. Like, it was our only way of being able to go on a public date in America. People would have seen us. And it's like, yeah, like, you didn't get away with it. So <laughs> I like that Nick Nick was like, so you thought. Yeah. <laughs> you thought there were no Americans. Um, Greg is like, yeah, well, then she wanted to go see the Coliseum. And obviously, there were a million American tourists. There. Yeah. Yeah. Should have put on the wigs Should've before the Coliseum. Right. I'm like, you're I'm like, saying. oh, we'll put on the wigs if anyone sees us. Put on the wigs before you go to the Coliseum. Um, <laughs> so they have this trip. They get the matching tattoos. And then on Halloween, one of them asks the other one to be boyfriend, girlfriend. They tell a detailed story in which Greg is the one who asks her. But earlier in the episode, he says, you asked me to be your boyfriend. So again... I don't understand, but I'm happy for them. Should we so that that's that's sort of the timeline they lay out. Should we should we go back to some of the more nitty-gritty details that Victoria gets yeah. into? Yeah. Um and I do appreciate that that Nick kind of pushed her to talk about this. He's like paint a picture of what this relationship was actually like with Johnny. Sort of like why was this a relationship that you wanted out of? Yeah. I guess. Yes. Um, and so she does go into a fair amount of detail about some of the fights that they had, which sound rough and sound mutually toxic. I yeah. Think. She talks about her concerns about his career. And she says that actually started with him basically misleading her about what he did. On the beach. She says he initially told her that he owned a bar, then it changed to he managed a bar. And then once they left Paradise together, it became actually he bartends and the bar actually closed down. So he doesn't work there at all right now. And she's like, I just started to feel like he wasn't being transparent and I didn't actually know what was going on with him career wise. And she's like, he would just bring up other career paths, real estate, paramedic, rap music i guess but no johnny don't do it but he never <laughs> seemed set on anything and 
she was like, I just got, you know, he wasn't figuring, I understand like you, you have these career gaps, you need time to figure things out, but like he wasn't just like picking something and sticking with it. And that's where I was at in my life. So I wanted that with my partner. It sounds like just like kind of some of the things that she was nervous about that we saw them talking about on the show. It's and just like she I do feel like became... she should have known that on the beat. Like we saw them talk about it. And like I could have told you, Victoria, this man doesn't know what he wants to do from like one <laughs> conversation. Are you Look, surprised? The, Sayulita breeds a lot of delusions. Yeah. Also, she's like, oh, I was understanding that sometimes people need time to figure things out or like they might not have a set job all the time. But like I was just was getting frustrated and I was like, well, it seems like it all happened really fast. So how understanding and patient were you for how long? Like for two weeks or four? Um, I get the frustration, but it did seem like Again, they just should have never left the beach together. I feel like right. this You're like, becoming they, an issue was clear before. Yeah. But then there yeah, was like... No, we literally predicted this. Like, yeah. And that's on both of them, they, too. Because yeah. I think that Johnny, again, like he apparently misled her based on what Victoria said here. Also, he made her feel really guilty for having expectations from a partner and like the whole checklist thing. And she basically ended up just like ripping up the checklist and i'm like no victoria that stuff is important to you right you're allowed to to have those expectations you're allowed to be to want to be in the same you know life stage as the person that you're building yeah. a life with and i can imagine that that would be really hard on on both of them if they sort of left without which they clearly did left with the beach engaged without addressing any of these things in a real way and then of course those became real concerns yeah. and then they both kind of felt aggrieved as a result and she also says that watching gabby's season the thing that upset her was that he told gabby he just wasn't or his parents i guess that he just wasn't ready or in a place in his life to get engaged and she feels that wasn't disclosed to her again one of those things where i'm like i guess she didn't he didn't explicitly say the same thing on the beach but i feel like it was pretty clear that he wasn't ready to get engaged. Again, just like, yeah, you're like, he seems, he finally said he would consider getting engaged. So I think he's ready and in a place in his life to get engaged. I'm like, uh, this 25-year-old who doesn't know what he wants in his life. Yeah. You're just like, this wasn't a, a match. No. Like, at every point in this conversation, I was just like, oh, this is just yeah, not a match. Could not be less shocked to hear that this became an issue. So she gets into detail about what it was like when they fought. She says their fights got really intense and toxic very fast. She brings up while laughing that she threw a wine glass during one of their arguments. I feel like she like laughed a lot during the more um, yikes parts of this. And I imagine it is on like a nervous laugh or a discomfort laugh, but like it, the optics aren't great. <laughs> I was like, I probably wouldn't laugh while you say you threw a wine glass during a converse during an argument with your partner. Yeah, she gets a little bit more serious when sort of reflecting on it a yeah. little bit later. Yeah. Um, but you could tell that she was pretty uncomfortable discussing some of this stuff. And yeah, the tone was was odd. But she recounts um, the whole conversation. Yeah, she that recounts led up to the whole it. fight. It 
And this was like the fight after which they ended their engagement. Yeah. She said that they were watching back his, one of his dates with Gabby um, from their happy couple weekend. And Johnny had a shaved face on The Bachelorette and he then grew facial hair. And so he made a comment like, I wish that I'd had facial hair, like a beard while I was filming The Bachelorette because then they like would have made me The Bachelor. And And this upset Victoria. Nick is like, oh, he was joking. And she's like, well, there's truth to every joke. And so it sounds like even the way she framed it, that she kind of lashed out a little bit, like took it personally. Like you wish you weren't engaged to me and was like, you weren't going to be bachelor. They weren't going to be like, Ooh, Johnny has facial hair. Now we're going to make him bachelor. Like I was top three on my season and I wasn't bachelorette. It's already pre-planned. Like they weren't going to do it. And I'm like, pre-planned how, like how far back? Like, what do you mean? They weren't going to pick someone from the show. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, she was like, they weren't going to like make a big to do about you having a beard. And this is when Johnny lashes out. According to Victoria, she says that he responded, coming from someone who was known to be a homewrecker. You're just like, oh, she said something really mean. And then he said something really mean. That sucks. Yeah. She said she was like really, really hurt. It feels based on this recounting of the conversation, disproportionate. (laughs) It's like, you don't need to bring up that people called her a homewrecker like your own fiance like what are you doing pretty cruel it's a pretty cruel thing to weaponize and it's like oh these are two people that like know how to get under the other's skin yeah very quickly um she said yeah she walked out and she was crying and as she was calming down she overheard him on the phone with his friend saying quote yeah i called her a fucking homewrecker and she's wigging out and she said at that point she opened the front door and threw a wine glass, not at him, but like at the ground and yeah. it shattered. It sounds like he was outside on the phone and she, so she opened the door and like, and like threw it threw out on the ground, but at the not ground. at, she was yeah. like, no one was in danger. I do want to say that breaking household items, <laughs> throwing shit, it doesn't have to be at someone for it to be a very not okay not okay not okay and like it is something that happens in abusive relationships you know that is the kind of the kind of behavior that we see in a physically abusive dynamic i'm not saying that it ever went beyond that but i'm just saying it's in that constellation of behaviors does that make sense yeah yeah so it's serious is what i'm saying i think it's serious and i think it's disturbing and i did appreciate that she took some amount of accountability for this. Like it, she seems to suggest that, that the fact that she did this kind of shook her. Yeah. Um, and she says that she told him, like she told Johnny, I hate myself for doing that. I don't want to be that person. And then she kind of reflected on it and said to Nick, in that moment, I knew we aren't healthy. We are so fucking toxic. And at another point she says like, it, it, it wasn't just him. Like it was, it was 50, 50, like, yeah. We we were very unhealthy together. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say it's obviously when you hear one person's side, you're always probably going to come away with more understanding of their feelings and more sympathy for them. But she doesn't 
avoid mention of all of the bad things she did. This is probably the main thing she brings up. You know, I I don't think that she goes into detail on many other parts of how she contributed, but this is a big one and she does own up to it. Like, here's the thing. I'm sure Johnny could come back and say, here are all the like other mean things that Victoria said to me that stuck out. Like, yeah, what's clear, it doesn't actually matter like the you know we don't need to like tally who did more mean things at the end of the day what's clear is like this was not a healthy dynamic yeah yeah i just don't want to i don't want to downplay that cuz it's no it's once you like are getting physical in any way in a relationship including like hitting objects near other people it's, or th- breaking it's very things scary. it's scary um and so it's it's seems pretty clear that like that relationship definitely needed to end and hopefully that's not behavior that's going to recur um in the future in other relationships. She also brings up something that was discussed in the finale which is Johnny calling her a fucking cunt and she said in response to him, you can't call me that. And he says, I didn't call you that. I said, you're being one. Like he said, why are you being a fucking cunt? Which is like, that just rings true. Cause that is like such a like guy in an argument thing to do to be like, I didn't yes. say you were a bitch. I said, you're being a bitch. I said, you were, I said your behavior was bitch-like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, that does, it does sound real. I was like, oh, that, mm. She also had some, like, very specific details surrounding the conversations they had about it. Yeah. Um, She says they went to therapy about it. And then she does discuss, like, what was said in therapy about it, like, by their therapist. I was a little bit like, wow, this is a lot of private stuff to divulge. Like, I don't know. It it started to make me feel a little uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, listening to both of them on podcasts, I came away just feeling sad, to yeah. be honest. Sad and, like, it's it's so complicated in these situations because we thirst for all the information. We want all of it. We want to understand. We want to put ourselves, be able to put ourselves in, like, both positions and, like, try to work out how we would have acted or what we think yeah. is morally right or whatever. And then we get the information and you're just like, I shouldn't have I shouldn't this knowledge. Have I should yeah. yeah. Like I should Don't tell me what much. your therapist said. I yeah, it's it's uh, all just like a cuisine making machine. Yeah. And uh, again, it's like don't don't talk to your partner that way. I can't Oh my god. I she says that he tried to say that it was because he had British friends and in England people don't think it's such a big deal and i'm like let me tell you i'm married to such an anglophile and he doesn't walk around calling you he has never once in in our entire decade-long relationship used the c-word at me in any way like that just like that does not fly i know i i I was going Uh, you're american you know what people here think about it i was like i've had some like rough fights and like i no one has ever deployed the c-word like at me yeah and that would be really hard i think the receiving even the b word would be hard for me to overcome because like how can you get past them it's hard to get past your partner seeing you in such a demeaning light yeah 
it feels even if you're like you're acting like a bitch it's like well now you've brought out that word that puts me in the form of the bitch even if you're saying you don't always act like that well nonetheless it feels like a very totalizing word yeah so she's like i i believe he regrets it i believe he wishes he could take it back i also want to take a lot of stuff back there was no going back for us there was too much awful stuff that had happened and johnny just thought we could work through anything and i didn't think so and she didn't want to and that is it's hard it's hard when you're in the midst of conflict in a relationship and unfortunately or or fortunately uh if one person decides they're done doing that work then it's it's over it's done yeah yeah and like i don't regret like if people if there's anyone out there who's like she owed it to johnny to work harder i don't think that like i truly don't think that she has any obligation to stay with johnny or to keep trying i think she could have ended things after three weeks if it was that bad yeah what really gets me is that she let things kind of linger in this state of confusion and clarity and let him hold on to this relationship and then came out and was like what you want me to stay in a toxic relationship and i'm like no but like there's a way to cut things off yeah i don't think yeah i don't think that people that the public for, at least from what i saw was like demanding that she owed it to you know bachelor nation to stay in a relationship that wasn't healthy i think what people were confused about including us was sort of how this all went down what the kind of arc of the relationship was with johnny with greg how those things intersected if they did. And I think that was where kind of the the criticism and the confusion was Yeah, with the audience. And yeah, she didn't have responsibility to work harder. And like, we don't know exactly what, how she communicated, how she was feeling about the end of the relationship to Johnny or exactly why he you know, decided to hold, keep kind of trying to hold on. Um, Yeah. But it sounds very painful. It sounds very painful for both of them. Yeah. Like I, I really walked away from all of these podcasts just being like, I feel really sad for everyone. Yeah. It sounds really hard. I'm really just wishing everyone a lot of healing and, and space from each other. Like it must be so weird because they are still in the same social circle. Like Andrew is good friends with Johnny and Greg. And it's just also enmeshed. I'm wishing them everyone who was on that beach (laughs) is friends with each other. It's just it's very rough. And it's very rough to have this again for, for everyone involved litigated so publicly and you know for Victoria and Greg to have a lot of public hatred at the beginning of a relationship for Johnny to be trying to move on and heal and have images of your ex and their new partner plastered everywhere. It's just like awful. I want to say one thing that Nick did not bring up on the podcast that I really think he should have because they were all right there to speak to it. What led up to them posting the soft launch on his Instagram? Oh, yeah. Was that, like, this calculated thing? Like, it's time for us to go public? Did Nick just, like, record fucking it, it? Fucking do it? <laughs> like, I I assume they all agreed to it, but I'm like, I really want to know, like, the TikTok of how that went down and, like, 
why you thought that was a good way to do any of it. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. Yes. This was a gap. Nick, come on. Why didn't you address the TikTok? Examine your own role in this. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think we got to wrap because we have been talking about talking this. about this for a while. But we should we, give a quick update on Greg and Victoria now because they're yes. plowing ahead. They really are. Um, this is sort of where Nick wraps up his interview with them, kind of getting an update on where they are now. It sounds like Greg met Victoria's family in Boston over, I believe, Thanksgiving. Victoria is coming to meet Greg's family in New Jersey for Christmas. And the plan is for Greg to relocate from New York to Nashville and move in with Victoria. I mean, and they're like, we're in love and we're each other's person. When your first date is Rome, why shouldn't your 10th date be moving in together? Why not? These are these are bachelor people. The timelines like are I will say everything is expedited. They are in one of those situations where it's like, well, if you get married, everyone will forget about this. Like you have to get married now. And all will be forgiven. <laughs> yeah. Oh I think that brings us to the end of our gossip. And yes, most of it was BIP updates, but we wanted to do justice to this season, which ended during a holiday week. We really had to, to dig into the fallout of Paradise. I'm glad we were able to do that today. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to just a little, a little holiday movie break for december i am so excited we're going to be talking about some real classics with some really fun guests we gave all of our guests a list of movies and are letting them choose ones that really speak to their christmas souls (laughs) and on that note that's it for love to see it with emma and claire love to see it is produced by us claire fallon and emma gray and stitcher this episode was edited by tamika weatherspoon Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars, and leave a review. And of course, spread the word. Tell all of your friends about our show. It really helps. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at Love to See It Pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at ClareandEmma.substack.com. We will also be covering some fun, lighthearted, less classic, more made for TV holiday movies <laughs> over there. So you can really get a whole bunch of holiday movie content from us this December. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emily Rose. We'll be back next week with the first installment in our holiday rom-com series, You've Got Mail. Stitcher. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.